Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Race for the Prize. You can go to raceforthepriz.com, get information about getting access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet for Daytona or the month of February. 30 bucks for February, $12 for a given weekend. Just Venmo, PayPal, or cash out the money to me. What we're looking at today is simply some homework. I thought to myself, it would be a good time to review some of the data from last year's Xfinity Series season. It's usually pretty easy to recall everything that happens in the Cup Series. You have the same drivers every week, and it's been pretty much the same drivers at the top for years. But in the Xfinity Series and in the Truck Series, there's often a lot of turnover, and it's easy to get seasons confused and forget who was hot last year or who was hot to finish the year and who's in what ride now, who switched over. And there was plenty of change, and I recorded a podcast earlier this offseason discussing some of the Xfinity Series changes. Check that out on my YouTube page or dig through the past podcasts at Apple. Look into that. You can also just go to JSKI if you want to read through all of the seat changes. But today I want to go through the data and look at, you know, who finished the season last year pretty strong. You'll remember Cole Custer wins in Phoenix in overtime. Hey, cool, great, whatever. So what we've got on the screen and I know it's not very big. We've got to go a little bit smaller to fit all of the data on the screen. And again, if it's not big enough for you on YouTube, hopefully I can carry it with my dulcet vocals. If not, then just go to raceforthepriz.com. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, the money over to me. And then you can control spreadsheet on your own. Best average finish in the Xfinity series among the regulars, because we do have to separate you know, the bushwhackers coming down and stealing wins. But among the regulars, it was Austin Hill who didn't qualify for the championship. That 21 at Martinsville stings a little bit. Either way, he had a pretty good season for RCR. I imagine they just continue to grow. They're going in the right direction. Austin Hill is a very talented driver. No surprise, doesn't get very much credit. You really need to make sure that you are considering him elite. Is Austin Hill elite compared to previous Xfinity crops? You know, when you go back to 2018-19, no, he's not Reddick, he's not Bell, he's not a part of that triumvirate, but he's a lot better than some of the guys we've had in previous seasons. He's not as good as Ty Gibbs. Maybe he is. Maybe he doesn't quite have as fast as equipment, but he's definitely better than these seasons where we had Austin Sendrick and Daniel Hemrick. He's good. Give him credit. And it really doesn't matter if he's not as good as Christopher Bell. He's not competing against Christopher Bell. It doesn't matter if he is not as good as Tyler Reddick. Or Cole Custer when he had an elite season. Or Chase Briscoe when the circumstances really favored him. You have to look at it in a vacuum and among the drivers he's competing against with what appears to be pretty solid equipment. Austin Hill, elite. The next driver down, John Hunter Nemechek, who will not be with us. And his crew chief will not be with us. And so, really no point in looking at that. But it will lead us to believe, once again, that JGR is still on top of their game. Now, they are going with a lot of turnover. A lot of crew chiefs are changing. New drivers are coming in. And we have seen in the past where JGR really wasn't pouring a lot of money into their Xfinity Series program. Although they did win a championship with Daniel Hemrick by winning one single race. It wasn't the best of times, and then it appeared to have turned around, but remember that turnaround was mainly due to, you guessed it, Ty Gibbs being in the car, so obviously the funding came back, and Ty Gibbs is a talented driver, had a great crew chief, everything was going in that direction, and then they picked it up again with John Hunter Nemechek, 
it's always been if you give Nemechek quality equipment, he can win. I mean, you can go back to when he was driving that 42 CGR part-time once in a while. He got himself a win. Uh, he even was halfway decent during his Gallagher Motorsports days. Remember that in the Xfinity Series? Not too bad. Uh, he was a quality driver without practice in the 2020 Cup Series season. Yeah, he pulled off a NEMA, a NEMA wreck every now and then and was quite good at spinning out, but the kid never got to practice for an entire season, and it wasn't the greatest equipment. Not that front-row motorsports equipment is terrible, but obviously it wasn't as good as everyone else in the Cup Series, and to not have practice is a tough sell. Went down back to the Truck Series, which I'm always an advocate of, is go low, go low. Cole Custer followed my advice, and it worked out well for him. Not really that he had any other options, but it worked out. Nemechek pulled himself back up. Really good. The equipment was good. Solid. I would expect the JGR equipment to be pretty good this year, and I do like the drivers they're going to have in those cars. We'll talk about that now. Uh, the crew chiefs remain questionable, but really there isn't a lot of crew chiefs that I'm excited about in the Xfinity Series. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover. There's been a lot of guys that had elevated and retired, and some of the familiar crew chief names in the Xfinity Series are no longer with us. So. Although we are not excited about JGR, who are we really excited about in terms of crew chiefs? Which is actually kind of exciting. We're going to see one of these guys is going to win. One of these guys is going to become really good about setting up cars. And it's going to be you know, the next Ratcliffe that we talk about or the next Ben Bayshore that we talk about or uh, uh, Chris Gale. Y you name it. One of these guys is going to figure it out, go on a hot streak, and it's going to be you know, the guy that we're going to talk about for years. Someone's going to win a race, right? Next guy down is going to be Justin Allgaier. Once again, doesn't win a championship. Always there. Always consistent. He'll once again be among the top three. He'll have his intermediate track wins. He'll have his short track wins. Maybe even also get a plate track win. Uh, he can win at road courses depending on who's in a given race. You're, you're typically not going to play Justin Allgaier if there's going to be a road ringer. But, you know... You get those mid-Ohio races or those one-offs where the superstars don't go to, although A.J. Allmendinger seems to go to those now. But if you get a lowly competitive or a soft field, Justin Algar has been known to win those races one mid-Ohio a couple seasons ago. Cole Custer really wasn't dominant last year, but he wasn't bad. He was not as – you look at when he had t stiffer competition. What, a couple seasons ago, 2019, when he's going against Reddick and Bell. He was better. Uh, maybe he's a little rusty. Maybe his equipment wasn't quite as good. Either way, he still won the championship. He was decent. You would just expect him to be better. But John Hunter Nemechek was better. Justin Olgar was better. Austin Hill was more consistent. Cole Custer wasn't too far off, and hopefully in the second season they just build upon that. Uh, remains to be seen. And we kind of did see it a couple of years ago. If you look at Austin Sindrick when he did his second run in the Xfinity Series, uh, it was much better his second year, although he didn't win the championship. He he seemed to be more consistent, at least in fantasy, and had a faster ride. I don't know if he developed much more, but he was just a better driver with their car. Kligerman had a pretty good first season, full season. We'll see what happens, how they build with that team, how they grow, uh, what's the next step for them. Or is it really possible for them to step up and compete against the likes of Junior Motorsports, JGR, Stuart Haas Racing? It's going to be a real challenge. They seem motivated as far as skill goes and motivation and being all in. It's all there. It's just 
there's one thing they lack, and that's big time Buku cash. And if you got it, then I wouldn't doubt Parker Kligerman for a second because he checks all the other boxes. It's just it's a small team, and it's a sport that favors the big dog. Josh Berry's not going to be with us anymore. We got a lot of junior motorsports turnover. Sam Mayer is going to stick around at junior motorsports. He was in the championship last year. It's going to be interesting to see his growth, see where he goes. Finished the season pretty strong. He could jump to the top of the list. In short spurts, we've seen Sam Mayer look really good. He was a very talented driver in the ARCA series. Marty Lindley was his crew chief then. Lindley stepped up, went to KBM in the trucks for a while during the no practice era. Didn't really work out too well for him. He's reunited with Sam Mayer. Mayer's been, you know, here and there. Last year was his big first real consistent season and he showed to be pretty good. And now he's got another year. Could he be on his way to the Cup Series? I mean, I don't know. Could this be Noah Gregson 2.0? We've seen a lot of young drivers come through the junior stable, and Mayer could just be another one. Uh, has he bought his ride a little bit? Yeah, everybody here buys the ride. Who cares? Sheldon Creed is going to slide over to JGR. This could be very interesting. Sheldon Creed who is not very well liked or is loved. It's kind of a like him or love him. But you know what you're going to get with Sheldon Creed. Richard Childress knew what he was going to get with Sheldon Creed. There is no excuses. No one has any room to complain about how things go down, went down, or will be going down. And the same can be said for Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs knows what he is getting himself into. And it could be a lot of wins. But it's more than likely going to be a lot of torn up race cars. Even when Sheldon Creed won a championship, he was still destroying trucks for GMS. That's just who he is. The guy is a stadium super driver. You're not going to shake that out of him. He's aggressive. He can win races. He's now going to be in the 18 car with that Sam McCauley as a new crew chief. There are a lot of question marks, but it's very exciting. This could be an absolute disaster. This could be an absolute superstar showing. Creed could absolutely break out among this field with this equipment, especially if Sam McCauley turns out to be some super genius that we didn't know about. And it can be a little bit of both. He could shine brightly at times, and there's going to also be some ugly moments. If I had to wager on what the situation will be, it's more than likely the latter. There's going to be some good times, and there's going to be some bad times. Hopefully, you play Creed on the right day. And then the good thing is you're going to have lap-by-lap -lap data. You're going to have practice data, and you're going to have a really good idea if you have access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet at Race for the Prize on a given week whether Creed is looking very comfortable, if he's looking sporty. And sometimes that might actually lead you to say, ooh, he looks a little too comfortable. He looks a little too sporty. And we have seen what Creed can do when he gets aggressive. And if everyone likes Creed, this might be the day I really want to dial it back. It's up to you. You'll have the data to go through, the lap-by-lap -lap practice data, if you have Venmo, PayPal, or cash-apped money over to my account. I'll give you the access. But nonetheless, pretty excited about that. Daniel Hemrick. Uh, the results really weren't that bad for him in college, so hey, how about that? Could have been worse.
Riley Herbst started the season out strong, went through a slump, but then really came on when they switched crew chiefs. Richard Boswell, the crew chief for Chase Briscoe, when they went on that run in 2020, won all those races without practice, was with Herbst last couple years and didn't really work out. So he left and reunited with Chase Briscoe at the end of last season. Uh, they did not really do much in the Cup Series coming back together. It's a little tougher of a series, folks. Uh, Boswell may be good and Briscoe may be good in the Xfinity Series without practice starting up front every single week. But in the Cup Series, they don't play around. Uh, that doesn't mean that Boswell and Briscoe can't figure it out. But, yeah, it's just not like, uh, you know, they got back together. You know, they got back together and it's a fairy tale ending. Herbst gets a new crew chief. And maybe he figured it out. He wins his home race at Las Vegas, finishes with five straight top five finishes. A handful, almost top fives in every single finish to end the season. Watkins Glen being one of the few exceptions. Texas being an exception. It's interesting. Has Herbst finally turned the corner? Another pay-to-play kid, gas station heiress. Uh, you, know, you know, Gregson's another kid who... Took him a little while as well. Silver Spoon. Herbst has always been pretty lighthearted. He's never been a spoiled brat. He's not punching people. Uh, he seems to be the most mature and well-rounded of all of these kids out of Vegas with big wallets. Either way, could he have finally turned the corner? Now, as we say that, we can scroll down real quick and see another guy who is in a very similar situation who... We've said that a couple times for, and I'm skipping a couple of people, but this relates tangentially to Riley Herbst, another rich kid, Brandon Jones, son of the Ream Empire. Jones has always been able to purchase a ride via RCR, then purchased a ride top ride. I mean, those were top rides at RCR. Purchased another one at JGR, and now he's shoveling the money into the fireplace at Junior Motorsports. And in every tenure of his career, or every, you know, place of work at RCR, we have said to ourselves, oh, it's this year that Brandon Jones figured it out. Like, look, he got a couple good races here. Uh, no. So he moves over to JGR. Not good. But then he won a couple races at JGR. And we thought, well, maybe he has finally turned the corner into the wall. <laughs> no, he turned right. Right into the wall. He goes over to Junior Motorsports, and we think, hey, change of scenery, new crew chief, and then he gets another crew chief, and then now it's really at the point where, ah, uh, yeah, I just, what are we going to do with Brandon Jones? Just wish he wasn't out there. You can't keep thinking he's going to turn things around. If he hasn't figured it out by now, now, as these words come out of my mouth, this is finally going to be the season where Brandon Jones becomes elite. I wouldn't put it past Jones to win a couple races in a season. He has enough money. He has enough talent. He usually has a good enough car that occasionally he can get it done. There are all kinds of events and circumstances that unfold during a race. It's not beyond the realm of possibility because he's won before. And the field's not that competitive. But is Brandon Jones, week in, week out, going to be a competitor? Does he seem like anyone who is in the championship hunt whatsoever? No, it just is not the case. So when we look at Jones, and we've already pretty much given up on him, are we doing the same thing that we did before with Riley Hurst? 
Riley Herbst closed the season out pretty strong. We had seen Jones a couple of times close the season out pretty strong and say, this is it. Are we doing the same thing? Are we falling for the exact same trap? I don't know. We have learned our lesson with Jones. We've all made our mind up with Jones. No one believes in the Jones boy. But here we are repeating past mistakes, possibly with Riley Herbst. And I know you're trying to tell yourself that this is different. But is it? Is it really all that different? Is the equipment that much better? Is Riley Herbst that much better of a driver than Brandon Jones? If you do believe, and I don't think I disagree, that Herbst might be better than Jones, by how much, to what degree, and to what degree does that significantly matter? To what degree is that going to produce different outcomes? And what are the measurements of those outcomes? You get one or two more wins than Jones? I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe you see these guys with completely different career arcs on different paths. But when I look at them side by side and watch their movement over the seasons, you know, maybe Herp's arrow is pointing slightly more up, but it's not like a steep, exaggerated curve. Maybe he slightly improves. But for all intents and purposes, I think it is mainly a parallel path. Herbs could slightly go up and maybe Jones flatlines a little bit, but I don't see any of them really shooting through the roof. Sammy Smith jumping over to Junior Motorsports. We'll see what happens. We're playing the musical chairs game with Junior Motorsports and JGR that we have seen over the last couple of years. Money talks, money walks. And we see where these guys slide out. Sammy Smith was with, J or with JGR last season. Now he's going to jump into the eight car. He's got a new crew chief. Not just to him, but it's a new crew chief to the number eight car in Adam Wall. So we'll see how that thing goes. He was Adam Wall was previously the lead engineer for Kyle Larson. Hey, maybe they could hit it off. Maybe they could win a couple races. It remains to be seen. Next on our list is the Smith that really gets me excited and it's gotten most of you guys excited throughout your DFS NASCAR careers. You were playing Chandler Smith in 2019 in the Truck Series. You were probably disappointed how the 2020 year went, but when you don't have practice, it was just such a strange year. We did see him hang on and have a pretty decent Truck Series run. And then last year, he's pretty feisty for colleague in the Xfinity Series. Not the greatest equipment. But it wasn't terrible equipment either. We had seen A.J. Allmendinger be really competitive in 2022 in the college Xfinity cars, winning at places not just at road courses and not just at plate tracks. Allmendinger won at Bristol. Allmendinger had wins at what Darlington and I think Homestead. So the college equipment wasn't terrible by any means, and it wasn't that much inferior compared to JGR and Junior Motorsports. And there were times where... Chandler Smith got a lot out of the car, but, you know, give A.J. Allmendinger some credit. He's very experienced. The, you know, the worst thing about A.J. Allmendinger was A.J. Allmendinger. The classic A.J. Allmendinger panic attack freak out about the car in the middle of the race and Chris Rice talking him off the ledge every single week. I miss that. You miss that? Oh, boy. A.J.'s not leading the race anymore. He's in eighth place. Somebody called the suicide prevention hotline. <laughs> I wish I was joking. 
you know, he has these panic attacks and he freaks out. And meanwhile, he's driving this 2,000 pound machine at 200 miles per hour. Like, this is pretty serious. This is uh, not the time to be freaking out. I mean, it doesn't have a loaded weapon, but it's about as close as you can get. I know we joke around, but if you really step back and think about it, yeah, this guy is actually kind of freaking out in a pretty dangerous situation. We really should have like a counselor on call at all times, not just Chris Rice. All right, get Rice back on the line. AJ's freaking out. Can we somehow give him a uh, a zanny? Can we, can, can we get him to do a little green flag pit cycle and then we'll slide a zanny and they're probably not good for Almendinger given his drug history. I was at the Daytona race, 2012 was it, where he got suspended, got kicked out of the car. Uh, I can't remember it. I think it was Adderall, like most of them, they all got busted for, but he lost his Penske Cup ride. And well, that's how the story goes. That was an interesting event. So probably shouldn't make drug references with AJ Almendinger, but I love AJ. Everybody loves AJ. Anyway, Chandler Smith, pretty good in that car last year. I'm super excited to see him jump to the number 81 for JGR. Jeff Meandering, Meandering, Mendering. Crew chief, mentoring crew chief a lot for Brandon Jones. I don't know if mentoring is a good crew chief. I don't know if mentoring's stats were impaired by having poor drivers. Uh, so that's something we can definitely pull up on the screen. Let's look up mentoring's uh, statistics as a crew chief and really break it down. We know we're excited about Chandler Smith. Chandler Smith back with Toyota and that JGR equipment. Should be pretty fun, but we got to see what Mindering did, right? Brandon Jones, not so good. Cole Custer, 2017, 18, uh, while Custer was building before, was it Shiplet, Mike Shipley? I think it was Shiplet or Shiplet took over with Custer. They had the breakout season 2019. Mindering went over and then worked with Jones. They took get three wins out of Jones. There's those three wins where we're like, oh. Maybe Jones has finally figured it out. So, and those are no practice wins where Jones had the car that Mendering set up and Mendering put together some, you know, Mendering probably, give him credit. If he can blindly set up a car that wins for Brandon Jones, then the guy might know what he's doing. And then it looks like he worked with him over here at Junior for a couple years. Is that a junior motorsports season? No, that was JGR still. Why do I think Jones was... Man, was Jones' first year? Why did I think Jones had been with Junior for more than two seasons? God, I could have swore Brandon Jones was with Junior Motorsports for two seasons. I've been doing this way too long. Jones has only been there for one year. Doesn't it feel like he's been there longer? Am I the only person? Am I the way? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. There's just no way. There is no way that Brandon Jones has only been at Junior Motorsports for one season. Well, this isn't going to tell me. Nope. I mean, I can see right here that it'll say Junior Motorsports. And that's the facts. Huh. Well, how about that? Brandon Jones, Jason Burdett. Now, I know he was there for two years. I, this is, tw 
Am I getting my years right? Have I lost count of my years? Jason Burdett's, that was uh, Allgaier's old crew chief for 2023. 2022, Brandon Jones was with Junior, wasn't he? And is this when he had Mendering? No. Oh, man, I'm taking crazy bills. All right, well, whatever. What's the matter? Mendering, we're getting off on a tangent anyway. Mendering was with Stanley Smith last year, won one race. Now he's going to be with Chandler Smith. I'm excited. Um, is he the best crew chief in the world? Well, he hasn't had the most talent in the world. This might be the most talented driver he's had in seasons, obviously, if he was Brandon Jones' crew chief. So let's see how that goes. I'm excited. Jeb Burton is going to be out there again. Hey, why not? Uh, Brett Moffitt. Not a bad season there for Parker Retzlaff. Very talented young kid. Really, first on the scene in 2022 with some exceptional races. Stepped up last year. Where is Retzlaff's full-time ride with? Jordan Anderson. Chad Kendrick's crew chief. Not bad. Uh, well, he had those really good races in 2022 with Sieg, then with Jordan Anderson last year, back with Jordan Anderson as they build the team. Chad Kendrick is the crew chief. That's not a bad result. Brett Moffat, not a bad year either. But Moffat is gone. He's no longer with AM Racing. He might still do some part-time work with AM Racing. Really helped himself and that ARCA team transition between you know, the Truck Series and the ARCA Series, now pretty much full-time, Xfinity going all in. And Moffat's been very consistent. I've always loved Brett Moffat. Once upon a time, what, 2013 Cup Series Rookie of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, went down to the Truck Series, got himself a championship, was pretty feisty, just always struggled to get financial support, always been a very solid quality driver, championship caliber driver, really helped build that team. And his reward is to lose his seat to Haley Deegan, uh, which is it's unsettling and upsetting to see Brett Moffat, just a hard worker, lose his ride. But if he's going to lose it to someone, then Haley Deegan, it doesn't bother me too much. I'm a fan. I know there's a lot of people divided on Haley Deegan, and it's easy to root against many of these girls and think that they only get a ride because they're girls. I don't care. I, for whatever reason, am completely fine with more females competing in auto sports. Why not? Why not? If they can drive, if they can win, if they can race, give them the opportunity. Oh, well, she can't drive. She can't win. We don't know that. The truck series is its own beast. She's very nice. She's very polite. She gets along. She's not rude and disrespectful. I mean, we've got a series filled with Xfinity brats. And from what we have seen from her in the truck series, even during her struggles, at least she's not like grabbing somebody's hat off and then stomping on it. But even that girl, Natalie Decker, we like her as well. We root for her as well. We appreciate her as well, although her Twitter account and uh, I'm not sure because I'm an old man. What the, oh, oh, this is getting weird. No, that's not the route we're going in. But I think they call it a thirst trap or something like that. Again, I'm showing my age a little bit. But from what I've seen from her YouTube presence, which is workout videos slash Wearing very tight clothes. Natalie Decker, the wrecker. Well, she may not just be wrecking cars. She may be wrecking homes. I'm not quite sure what's going on. But we root for her on the racetrack. And we root for Haley Deegan. 
And I'm excited for Haley Deegan to get into pretty good quality equipment at AM Racing. And I, I know you're probably saying, well, we said the same thing when she went to Thor Sport. Hey, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work. We have seen drivers struggle in the truck series. It's kind of its own beast, the way that equipment runs. And you're not going to stand there and tell me that that Thor truck that she had was great quality. I just don't believe it. Now, they're like, oh, well, Ty Majeski didn't seem to have any problem finding speed. Yeah, but Ben Rhodes wasn't that great. And have you seen Matt Crafton's performances over the last couple seasons? Uh, Johnny Sauter couldn't really get those Thor trucks to move either. Yeah, Ty Majeski got a lot of speed out of it. He's got the best crew chief among that stable. He's got the most talent among them. And he hasn't been like a world beater. Even Grant Infinger wasn't really crushing it. If Grant Infinger was crushing it, and he still had some sponsorship connections, he would still be with Thor. I just don't know if Thor really had the trucks. You can put it all on Deegan, but I believe some of the blame needs to go on Thor Sport. Sure, there wasn't some championships, but Ben Rhodes' stats last year were not that great. Matt Crafton is just there because he's got sponsorship dollars. Ty Majeski is a talent. We all believe in Ty Majeski. We have always believed in Ty Majeski. We were Ty Majeski iRacing super fans. We were looking up his late model stats. We were crying when he was wrecking that 60 for the cursed Roush car. We are believers. I think she can perform well up in this car, but a lot remains to be seen. I don't think I need to dig deeper into that. Let's look at some hog data. Hog data. Well, this is significant because one of the key parts of, and I know you probably, there's no way you can read that. That's way too small. So I'm going to have to make that bigger. I know some of this data is not going to show up, but that's fine. because We don't need to see the full screen. I'll make it about that big. So this is fast laps slash laps lead points. I say hog because you're hogging all these meaningless points because really in racing, all that matters are wins. I call them hog points. You may refer to them as dominator points. It all works for me, uh, whichever way you want to go. I think some people call them hammers. It doesn't matter, whatever. But this gives us an idea of the speed and the specific cars from specific crew chiefs, from specific drivers. And usually it's pretty tightly contained among the best of the best. And these are the guys that you want to make sure that you're jamming into lineups. And John Hunter Nemechek last year, had the most of these hog points, fast laps slash laps led. It's not easy for an Xfinity Series regular to routinely pile these points up. So to see John Hunter Nemechek on the top of the board in terms of averages really tells us a lot about him as a driver. It also tells us a lot about his equipment because you have to remember, often at times, he is facing cup season regulars, road, not road ringers, bushwhackers coming down with great equipment that steal a lot of the fantasy points, steal a lot of the wins. It's not as bad as it once was, even though it wasn't really a bad thing in the past. We kind of appreciated it in 2018 and 2019 when a Penske or a JGR driver would drop down to the lower series because we just jammed them in. Made the process a lot easier in selecting your hog or in selecting a dominator. They often controlled most of the race. And so you didn't even need to select two or three. When you take out one of those superstar talents, you get a little bit more divided in terms of fast lap lap led points. Here you can see at Fontana or Auto Club Speedway, Nemechek scored 24, Cole Custer 
chiseled off 21 in his own right. You know, when we have a Kyle Larson jump down into the Xfinity series and run away with every lap, he took all the fast laps. He took all the lap sled points with it. We go back up here to Las Vegas. Nemechek again the next week on another intermediate track, doing his thing. Justin Allgaier, very strong with intermediate tracks. Sometimes it's a bit hit or miss at Las Vegas. He's always right up there. He's run enough laps at this intermediate track to be pretty comfortable with it. Uh, and we've also seen Junior Motorsports really be strong at Las Vegas over the last couple of seasons. Um, we've got the uh, Josh Berry win. Justin Allgaier here with a bunch of points. I think Noah Gregson may have fun. I can't remember if he ever got a Las Vegas win or not. Then again next week, look, Nemechek again putting on the points. Not quite as strong a showing. This goes over to Sammy Smith with a breakout. Uh, that will be interesting when we get to Phoenix in a couple weeks. Because remember, that's Jeff Mendering setting up a very fast car for Sammy Smith with very little experience. We know Chandler Smith is pretty familiar with Phoenix. Could be a big breakout week for him. Custer with a strong setup getting his 17 hog points. There's Chandler with 41 at Las Vegas in that colored car. Oof. Yeah, great race. Could not pull it off at the end. I remember the end of that one came down to the wire. Pulling for Chandler. He just didn't have the hot rod to get her done. We'll skip Atlanta as a plate race. We'll skip Coda. It's a road course, but big surprise. Coda Xfinity Series, 14 hog points for A.J. Allmendinger. That's quite a lot of Fast laps, lap led at a road course. Who did it at Richmond? Let's see. We got Chandler Smith. Short, flat track. Could translate into early success at Phoenix this season. Very strong at the, he's strong everywhere. Right, the Herbs, 17. Josh Berry, 23. Not much of a surprise there. Sammy Smith with 15. Martinsville, John Nemechek. Once upon a time, John and Joe in the trucks, about ready to shut down the shop. Sounds like the Rick Hendrick story, but they weren't doing so hot. And uh, old Johnny Boy got himself a truck series win at Martinsville and then threw that grandfather clock in the back of the pickup truck. I think, I think there's photos of that. Let's see if I can put a Nima check. Clock. Pickup truck. God, I miss Martinsville. I don't necessarily miss living down there in Southside, Virginia. Not my fondest memories, but boy, do I miss living right next to that racetrack. Going on to Martinsville twice a year, rushing out of work, catching some Friday afternoon practice. Oh boy, boogity, boogity, boogity. Love that. Love it. All right. Is this even a podcast anymore? Is this just story time? I don't even know what to tell you. So let's just look through real quick. And let me freeze that so I can see just some names real quick. Freeze frame, freeze frame. All right, it's got demonetized for singing freeze frame. Yep, worst podcast ever. Congratulations. Uh, I just want to do some scrolling. New Hampshire, you can check, piled up a bunch of points. Just trying to see some other standouts. You got Ryan Truex renting a ride, having a big, strong race at Dover. So 
AGR car is not looking too bad. New Hampshire, Michigan, all guy are consistently piling some points on the board. Ty Gibbs making a showing again. The JGR car is looking pretty feisty. Dale with a nice little bristle run here. All guy back on the board. Cole Custer back on the board. Anybody down here with some surprises? No, not really. Seems like things by the end of the season pretty much tended to stabilize. Nemechek was your weekly hog. Allgaier was your weekly hog. Cole Custer was your weekly hog. That was the triumvirate battling it out. And we typically do see that every year. It really comes down to what the, the three mainstays. And usually it's just Allgaier stepping up out of junior motorsports, although we occasionally see a Gregson or a Josh Berry or appear to be a Sam Mayer this season that kind of stepped to the side, the Robin to the Batman, even though Allgaier is not really Batman, maybe more of a fat man, little fat man. He's in decent shape. He's not fat, but he's not, like, super fit either. But And he's not Batman, but he is the leader of the team. And every year he is usually their lone representative or one of their two representatives. And then we see the one JGR guy step up. Last year was Nemechek. The year before that it was Ty Gibbs. And then we'll get, you know, somebody, be it Cole Custer for SHR. Maybe it could be an RCR. Um, if I had to guess going into the season, I'd be really excited about Chandler Smith. But you got Chandler Smith and Sheldon Creed. Who's going to be the guy that comes out of the JGR stable? Is it going to be both of them? Are they going to take up two of the three spots? Is Justin Allgaard just going to consistently be Mr. Mr. Steady? I don't see why anything should change. They changed crew chiefs last season, and back to being the same old Allgaier, didn't fall off any. The competition hasn't really got that much more fierce. I would imagine Allgaier is still going to be in the triumvirate. Maybe we'll end up with four. I mean, why would Cole Custer get any worse? You look at the way he closes the season, 40. All points at Bristol, 28 at Las Vegas, 41 at Homestead, 42 at Phoenix. It's a pretty strong finish this season. Going into this year, why would they take any steps backward? Shouldn't Cole Custer just continue to improve? So I don't see Custer falling out of the conversation or Allgaier. We got to see who is going to come up in JGR and make it work. And then, oh, by the way, the elephant in the room is the Austin Hill. Uh, he's still here, folks, and he still had the best average finish last season. So why does he not get to be a part of the conversation? Um, this could be a really interesting Xfinity series, a very exciting season for the fans. But it all remains to be seen. We don't know what's going to happen. And, hey, don't count out Frankie Munez. I bought a Munez T-shirt last year. Malcolm in the middle. I. And should we get excited about Jesse Love in the number two, taking over Sheldon Creed's old car, and Danny Stockman being the crew chief? I've never really been much of a Stockman fan, but like I said at the beginning of this podcast, this isn't really – there aren't a lot of super dynamic crew chiefs in this series at the moment that we can really identify. Stockman's been around long enough that he could be the best. Marty Lindley for Sam Mayer could be the best. There's a lot of unknowns. Mendering could be the best. Uh, we're going to wait and see how this thing all shakes out. we got a lot of new guys. we got engineers stepping in. we got Josh Williams. The Josh Williams story. That's not going to get old. And I, gosh, I hope that Josh Williams and colleague, it goes well. Look, 
The colored cars were good for Allmendinger. It revitalized Allmendinger's career, didn't it? Chandler Smith was very competitive last season. Daniel Hemrick, not a great race car driver, last I checked, had decent performances. Now Josh Williams is in that car. Please, God, don't let this go wrong. It will break our hearts. It is an exciting Xfinity series. As you go through the numbers and you go through the drivers and you look at these different crew chiefs and different teams, there's a lot to get hyped about. Now, there's been previous Xfinity series seasons where I got real hyped and then it was just such a watered-down, soft, terrible product. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm excited by the drivers. The Xfinity product is great. The car is great. It's so much better than the next-gen car. It is, you know, on one hand, it's disappointing. Like, why can't they let the Cup guys drive this car? Give them this horsepower. They could. But, you know, the positive is, is, all right, you get a Cup product and you get an Xfinity product. And this helped elevate the Xfinity product. Thank God the Xfinity drivers are not driving Cup Series cars because that would basically be the truck series. You give the young kids the more powerful equipment, you create pretty exciting racing. So the Cup Series is the Cup Series, and it's exciting on its own right. And what really keeps the Xfinity Series going is the cars are much more fun to watch and drive. So you may not have the talent or the names, but by giving them the better equipment, you actually elevate that series. So it works out pretty well. Now, yeah, it would be great to have this equipment in the Cup Series, but look at the bright side. This definitely... Makes the Xfinity series much more fun to watch. All right. I'm just rambling now. But it's 4 in the morning on Super Bowl Sunday. I couldn't really sleep, and I had an article I had to get done early because NBA locks at 2, so I just went ahead and got up at 2.30, got that cracked out, had time to kill. So, yeah, here I am, 4 a.m., Super Bowl Sunday, chit-chatting with you about Jeff Mindering. Jeff Mindering. What else is there to do? Got to love this life. Got to embrace this life. Enjoy this life. I'm blessed to have you guys with me. I love you guys. Trip the lights. Fantastic.